one sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see he clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows then jesus came and bade his darkness flee it's time to open the word once again with evangelist lester roloff on the family altar program for all is changed when jesus comes to stay have your bible turn with us to luke chapter 2. we'll not read because of the brevity of the preaching time all of the chapter but we will begin reading at uh, verse 4 chapter 2 verse 4 and joseph also went up from galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them in the heaven the shepherds said one to another let us now go even unto bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass which the lord hath made known unto us and they came with haste and found mary and joseph and the babe lying in a manger and when they'd seen it they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told him by the shepherds but mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart and the shepherds returned glorifying praising god for all the things that they'd heard and seen as it was told unto them sometime during the hours of the night or morning i believe the lord gave me seven things that i'd like to say about this particular season now, this season is completely empty without the Savior. I'm not here to debate or argue or even to set the date for his first coming or second coming. But I am here to make a glorious announcement. The virgin-born Son of God was born 
in Bethlehem at a particular time in order to be our Savior. Now that I know. You say, how do you know? Because I've trusted it. If he hadn't been born there, he never would have been born in me. If he hadn't have been born of the Spirit, I never would have been born of the Spirit. And so I care not for any silly argument with anybody that doesn't know the Lord. In the first place, you're not qualified to pass judgment as to when he was born, where he was born, if you haven't been born again yourself. And so the way to stop all your arguments about some of the things that people spend so much time on is just to come and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, get saved, and then you'll be through arguing about it. I'd like to update the times if I could. How much progress have we made in 2,000 years with the living Savior? I realize he didn't last very long. He lived relatively a short life. But may I remind you that he lived long enough to get everything done he came to do. He didn't leave any. He said it's finished. He didn't say it's half finished or nearly finished. He didn't say to the Pope of Rome or the Baptist denomination, if you will now, be careful to finish up what I, oh no. He didn't make a down payment. He didn't make the first seven installments and you may, he made all of them. Uh, that's some of the things I want you to get to start with and then you will enjoy or get a blessing. Number one, there were a few wise men in that day and that's about what we got now. But I tell you one thing, the men, that were wise, followed the light they had, and it brought them to Jesus. So the wise men came. The second thing, the wise men offered gifts to the newborn king. Can you imagine the fate it took for the wise men to bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Isn't this something? Here we are coming to offer gifts to the king and see nothing but a baby. Can you imagine a seven-pound king laying in a manger? Brother, it took faith to offer those gifts. If they'd have been like us, they'd have gotten there and looked at him, brushed it off, and said, let's swap gifts with each other. Let's choose names. And I'm not against giving a little maybe to one another, but dear friend, it looks to me like if it's his birthday, somebody ought to be glad to give to him. You've heard me talk about the first birthday party. We didn't have them back in my community. And the little girl named Mary Anna Norris, she was my little sweetheart. And um, I was very romantic. I was timid, but I had a beautiful little horse, Spanish mare called Daisy. And I got an invitation to go to her birthday party. And I went home and I told my mother, I said, Mama, I've been invited to a birthday party. And she said, well, I'd like for you to go. And you can go. And I said, fine. I'll just get on old Daisy and I'll ride about, oh, I think three miles. My mother said, but son, you can't go without a gift. I said, without a gift? For who? Well, she said, for the one that's having a birthday. I'd never heard about that. I said, all right. And so she went and got a little box of handkerchiefs or something, wrapped it up. I got on my little old pony. And I took off down the road, and I was heading for my first birthday party. And I tell you, now, it was nice. Now, you talk about the elite. You talk about sophistication, whatever that is. I mean, really, 
when I got off that little old horse, just as fat as a butterball, and I walked inside, it was just so decorated. I can see just every, the table was spread with a lovely cloth, and all the refreshments were on the table. And on the bed that's so beautifully spread with a bedspread that was just blind, it was so beautiful. And they were everybody putting the presents down. Well, I put mine. And they said, Lester, you come on in. And of course, Mariana, just a little girl. And I was a little boy. And uh, I, I went in and I put my present on the bed. And, and we had a lot of games. And after a while, we had the nicest refreshments, some of which I didn't know what it was, but it was so pretty. And it tasted good. And you know, after it was all over, uh, Mrs. Norris said, all right, Lester, and all the rest of you, it's time for you all to go home now to get there before sundown. I got on that little old horse named Daisy, and I rode down the road and made a right turn and then a left turn and went down to the roll-off place and took the saddle off and came in, and I said, now, Mama, I like that. I said, I think we ought to have one the next time mine comes up. Dear friend, I'm going to celebrate my best friend's birthday. You say, what do you want for Christmas? I want two things. Number one, I want to be like him. I mean, that's number one. I just want to be like him. After all these years, I'd love to just be like him. That, that's my first birthday present. I want to be like him. Just be like him. They were some wise men, not many. Would you turn to um, James, please? I want to show you what wisdom is and where you get it. This might help you and encourage you a little bit. Uh, the book of James, Hebrews, and then James. And chapter 1, chapter 1, I want you to look at um, verse 17. Every good gift, every good gift, and every perfect gift, is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now go back to the fifth verse. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth all men liberty and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind, and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. The double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now then, let's go to the third chapter and verse 17. What kind of wisdom? But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, and good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Now let's leave the fact that there were a few wise men, but they came to Jesus. Do you believe that there's any wise men in, my, wise men in America that haven't come to Jesus? No, not a one. Did you know there's not a president or a governor or an attorney general or a lawyer or anybody else that can claim real wisdom unless he asks God for it? Number two, there were shepherds. There were common people, laboring people, 
faithful people who kept their flocks by night. They stayed up. They took the night shift. And uh, they um, had a great experience. The shepherds uh, heard about the wonderful birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they uh, left their flocks and went in to see. And the Bible said they came back rejoicing. And uh, there was a great multitude, a great multitude, the Bible said, of the heavenly host, praising God. Well, I read that a while ago. That's not the angels. Uh, I believe it could have been. I think Moses, Elijah, Isaiah, and Jeremiah might have been singing the quartet. The heavenly host. They're seeing come to pass what they went to heaven on, which was a promissory note. That's all they had. Number three, there were taxes back in those days. That's why they went to Bethlehem. The tax system, the internal revenue, the IRS said, you'll have to come. And they went to Bethlehem to be taxed. We don't have any new experiences today, I don't suppose. Tax system eating the people up like it is now. Uh, the giveaway program taxes. 80 some odd billion dollars given away or shared or much of it, seven billion dollars of it, they couldn't even account for. I said to wise men, a few, shepherds, some, taxes, yes, wars. That's why the taxes were being assessed. They had war machines to keep up. Not as expensive as ours, but they had wars. And then number five, and it's out of way now, there was no room. For a Christian, there's room for liquor. There's room for profanity. I made up my mind about something. I may get my head skinned. But from now on, if I get on a commercial plane and somebody starts cursing next to me, I'm going to correct him in no uncertain terms from now on. I'm going to just say, sir, you're misusing the name of the best friend I have, and I'd appreciate it if you could talk without profanity. I think it'd be a mark of your education. I've never in my life seen such disrespect for God as we've got in this country. No room. No room in, con no room in the parlor. We used to call them parlors. <clears throat> no room in the den. There's plenty of room for television, gambling, betting, uh, immorality, but no room. Not any different now than it was back there then. Did you know that on the land, in the air, and on the sea, there's no room. He's been crowded out. And uh, number six, that was a Joseph and a Mary present at the birth time of Jesus. There was a fine young man by the name of Joseph who was willing to brave the criticism why, there never had been a virgin-born son of God. There'd never been a virgin birth take place. And Joseph, after he broke his engagement, in a dream the Lord spoke to him and said, Fear not to take Mary as thy wife, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph made a trip back over there. And they were engaged, and there was a Joseph that believed that it was real, and there was a Mary. Have you ever, you mothers, you ladies, you young ladies, have you ever tried to imagine the sensations 
the joy, uh, maybe the wonderment of Mary. For nine months, God really lived in her. And then he was born. And then I got to thinking, I, I'm sure the Father was there, God the Father, God the Son, I know he was there. And I know the Holy Spirit was there to make the delivery because he was born of the Spirit. I mean, Jesus was conceived of the Spirit and born. You say, but Brother Olaf, I don't understand that. You don't have to understand it. Just believe it. I'm glad all my doubts have dissolved. I'm glad I don't have to wonder if Jesus really was lived, if he lived and died and rose again. Let me ask you a question. If he didn't, how could you explain this choir? How could you explain hundreds of running rebels, parent haters this time last year. I mean, have I really got that kind of magnetism? And could I cast a spell on people like that and make it last? Well, a thousand times no. They've been converted because they believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. There's not an infidel in this country that could stay in this place 30 days without being saved. Well, I can never know. You dig up old, uh, whoever you want to get. If they had a chance, because I know this, today's the day of salvation, and now is the time. I believe I'll close the message today by saying, this morning I got to thinking about the experiences that maybe the animals had around the barnyard during uh, that night. While Jesus was being born in Bethlehem's manger, I imagine the cow was lowing for the Lord. I imagine the old rooster peeped in and said, I'll crow for him on these days. I'll crow before the cross. I'll wake up a preacher for him. Old donkey stuck his head in and said, I'm the one that spoke to a backslidden preacher for him. I imagine just so, I imagine the little lamb laying next to its mother. Said, honey, it won't be long till you won't have to die for the sins of people. He's the real lamb. Take a look in there. Brother, Jesus was at home in the manger. And if you were to ask me a question, why was he born in a manger? Couldn't he have been born in a Hospital or a fine hotel, sure. But listen, the common people can come to the manger. Only the rich people sometimes get to go to a fine hotel or maybe the finest of the hospitals. Oh, I believe that God could have dropped down a gold hospital. No problem at all. He could just drop it down. Of course, everybody would have gone to it. The whole world would have crowded into a gold hospital. Fact is, they tore the gold apart and stole it. Been a fight over the hospital, what he'd made out of. He could have dropped down the golden hospital and could have dropped down 10,000 angels to wait on Jesus and marry them. He didn't. He took the common route so that common people could feel free to come. One last thing. This to me is one of the sweetest things about Christmas and about the first experience in the birth of Christ, there was an old man that was there. 
This old man had prayed a very definite prayer and said, Lord, I want to make a request. I'd like you to let me live till Jesus comes. I'd love to see with these eyes right here. I'd like to look in the face of the Messiah, the coming Savior. I know he saved me, though I've never seen him, but I'd just like to take a look at him before I get on departure control. And so the Lord said, all right, Simeon, uh, it's going to be all easy for me to do that, and I'll let you stay. And so he was an old man. I imagine he walked the streets. People might have come at him and said, uh, Simeon, how old are you? He might have said 90 or 143 or something else, but he said, you know, they could begin to talk and said, I don't guess it'll be long before that old man will be dead. He'd turn around and said, not till I see Jesus. I imagine they kind of sniggered, you know, and said, well, that old man, he lit a touch in the head. He thinks he's going to see the Messiah, and he thinks he's going to hang around here till he comes. And one day, when Joseph and Mary walked into the temple, the old man was in the temple. That was the nearest place. You listen to this. That was the nearest place he could come to God. The temple represented the presence of the Lord. That's the reason Jesus cleansed it four times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because the temple represented the Lord, and Jesus said, I want the temple clean. And that's the reason we need to keep these temples clean, too. If he's going to live, he's got a right to cleanse these, too. Now you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. And Simeon, can you see the old man? Maybe long white whiskers, heavenly face. He saw Mary and Joseph coming in with a baby. It was a dedication time, and to be obedient. He brought a little baby down. The old man walked up. This is faith. He walked up and looked, and he smiled, and his eyes must have twinkled with expectance and joy. And he said, would you let me hold the baby? And the Bible said he took him up in his arms. And then he said, now let us, thy servant depart in peace. Mine eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. You know, folks, if an old man could recognize the salvation of the Lord in the form of a baby, why can't you and I recognize Jesus Christ as our wonderful Lord and Savior today? You'd say, Brother Olaf, I'm puzzled, and I'll answer your question, close the message. You read a while ago where it said, Peace on earth. Where is it? The most devastating wars, number World War One, World War Two, other wars bled us white, killed our boys, saddened Christmas for many, cripples in hospitals today, wheelchairs by the thousands, Cleve McClary's everywhere. Why don't we have any peace? Understanding and thank God it passes misunderstanding. And so this morning, you could receive all the peace that you know. The songwriter said, though, You have longed for sweet peace And for faith to increase And have earnestly, fervently prayed But you cannot have rest nor be perfectly blessed 
until all on the altar is laid. Tis your all on the altar of sacrifice laid. Your heart does the Spirit control. You can only be and have peace and sweet rest. Yield him your body and soul. Let us stand together with bowed heads. We're singing this morning that old brush armor song, 389, Whiter Than Snow, Lord. If you're here today, you've heard God's call, and you'd like the peace that Jesus came to bring. Surely he'd do as much for you as he would the shepherds, the wise men, and Simeon of old. Can you imagine the joy of Mary and Joseph? Can you imagine the joy of a little baby? Oh, what he's done for children. Girls, think of what he did for you to lift you from the place of slave. Women, nobody ever did so much for women as Jesus did. Why don't you come this morning? Yield your life to him while we sing this old song. Lord Jesus, I long to be perfectly whole. I want thee forever to live in my soul. Break down every idol, cast out every foe. Now wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Whiter than snow, yes, whiter than snow. Now wash me, and I shall be whiter Lord Jesus, look down from thy throne in the skies and help me to make a complete sacrifice. I give up myself and whatever I know. Now wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Whiter than snow, yes, whiter than snow. Now wash me. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff. You may listen to the preaching and the special music of the Family Altar Program 24 hours a day when you visit our ministry website, roloff.org. We love hearing from our listeners. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please write to us at Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises, P.O. Box 100, Fort Thomas, Arizona, 855 Again, that's Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises, P.O. Box 100, Fort Thomas, Arizona, 85536. This broadcast is made possible by the prayers and financial support of listeners like you. Thank you for partnering with us, and remember that Christ is the answer.